This is the Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro Podcast. The neurohacking show where we teach you how to optimize your cognition. Keep up to date at roscoeswetsuitneuro.com. Now here's your host, Toby Passman. All right, we have a special guest with us on the show today, Dr. Justin Newman. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Dr. Newman is a noted author and holistic innovator. He's a pre-med graduate of the University of Miami and has been a licensed primary care physician specializing in traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and holistic healthcare for over 25 years. Dr. Newman founded the Banyan Holistic to further enrich the community by developing a spa-integrated healthcare center that empowers its clientele. Its unique design promotes health and harmony on every level, physical, emotional, mental, social, and spiritual. It's a modernized, reimagined innovation based on time-tested and proven systems. So Dr. Newman, super excited to have you on the show with us today. I am so glad to be here with you. Um, Everything that you've mentioned has been something that I've been passionate about before I got involved with medicine. And uh, I'm so, so glad to be here today to share with you some information from my experience over these, over these years. Yeah. So in, in terms of your path in medicine, I was, I was reading through your LinkedIn bio and saw that you had originally kind of wanted to do psychiatry, but then you sort of transitioned more to a, a general kind of holistic healthcare approach. And I just wanted to maybe start off there by kind of asking you why, why did you originally think psychiatry? And was there something that, that made you want to kind of go a di- little bit of a different direction? Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is, this is what drives me. So thank you so much for leading with this question. Um, I'm sure your listeners know that these are totally organic conversations. So, so I, I appreciate, um, and I'll try to be as candid as possible. I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was a kid and um, was all over the place. Also was getting sick all of the time. So there was a lot of things going on in my system um, when I was since, since childhood. My parents never wanted to medicate me. And so we began looking for what holistic natural alternatives there were to medication, which in some cases is necessary. And I'm the first person to tell you to go take something if you need it. But, but I was experiencing what life could be like without that being our go-to. And things like diet and, and exercise, meditation, and my philosophy overall over time as I matured changed, of course. But I experienced this when I was a kid. So I knew this was possible. And then, long story, we may come back to some of the middle pieces, but I get to, to my pre-med years and I'm hearing story after story of people that are, that are taking not just a few, but more than a dozen medications every day. And I, I believe that there's another way, as I mentioned. So, so I began to look for what medical systems are available that, that may include, but don't rely on. And um, holistic medicine is my approach, but Chinese medicine and acupuncture really fits that bill. It is, as you may know, a a primary healthcare system. So for many, I'm their primary care doctor. People come to see me just like they would their family doctor, but everything I do is holistic and natural. Psychiatry, kind of a side note, I've been interested um, since childhood, again, meditation, philosophy-wise, et cetera, et cetera, with the mind and body connection and and what, what role and ultimate significance it plays in your healthcare to include the mental and other components of who and what you are in your healthcare approach 
um, altered states of consciousness and things of that nature did lead me toward an interest in that, um, which may be another side or rabbit hole we can go down, I'm not sure, but, um, but um, like psychic phenomenon, the, the, the gifts that people who practice yoga for decades and decades claim possible, things of that nature. And so that's the kind of interest that's driven me into medicine overall, though, again, side notes. But, um, but that's it in a nutshell. How am I doing so far, Toby? That's great. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of like traditional kind of Western medicine, what, what was it about that that you didn't feel like was really cutting it when, when you were going through medical school? And, and what were some of the alternative uh, or holistic therapies that you found like particularly interesting to you? Awesome. Yes. So, so first off, uh, meditation has, as many of us now know, um, even the lay people out there in your um, everywhere, uh, meditation has a, a measured effect on your nervous system and, and the gray matter in your brain is, and the way that your, your brain and nervous system integrate with the rest of your body, how our subconscious can be more accessible and how intuition can be developed. Um, uh, all of this was absent from what I was seeing in Western conventional training. Um, it was medications almost exclusively, prescription-based care. And, and, um, and moreover, it was treating the symptoms rather than the root cause of what people were really, in my opinion, and you know, it's com common knowledge, they're suffering from something that's that's been uh, exacerbated until it becomes so obvious that they have to see their doctor. And medications can't be the only way. Uh, this capabilities of the mind, as I mentioned, are, are there and studied. Nutrition, um, it's been shown that, that nutritional deficiencies underlie schizophrenia, uh, things of that nature. So I knew that there was a lot going on and yet none of this was talked about in any of my rotations and, 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 and so on. So I just couldn't in good conscience go that way because I, I knew there had to be more than this. And um, that's ultimately what, what drove me in this direction of what we would say is functional medicine, optimizing the function of your mind and body, um, yourself as a, as a person being at your optimal, having a life of fulfillment and well-being. Moving in that direction has to include a lifestyle medicine, not only prescription-based care, even if there's a place in your life for that and you need that for a moment. Um, this is ultimately what took me in that direction. And uh, a, a sad side note, well, it's great now, but um, even back then, 25 years ago, I was hearing about integrative medicine and collaborative healthcare, and I wasn't seeing it. And only now is it barely coming up to the surface because people, they want, they want this. Um, but it took us 25 years to get here. How sad, you know? Our center at the Banyan Holistic is, is that, which we may talk about down later in our conversation, but it's a, a place where different specialists integrate and collaborate. So you have massage therapists, uh, holistic medicine, acupuncture, nutrition, hypnotherapy and mental health, um, IV infusions for detox and IV therapy and biohacking. Uh, diagnostics, all kinds of things that we, we integrate and collaborate together. Um, we don't just work together and share a space. We, we collaborate. So somebody comes in and they might have shoulder tension from some injury or something, but they get little bits of information that encompass the mental, emotional, social parts of their recovery, not only just body work. You know what I mean? Um, 
And so, the, and this is it's mandatory. Did you know that your doctors, conventional doctors today are offered fewer classes in nutrition? Fewer, how does that make any sense? You know, so it has to be included. And then there's the meditation and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot that goes on under the umbrella of holistic, but unless we work on the whole person and every aspect of what is a person, we're not really going to get at and resolve what's happening at the root of their, I don't want to say suffering, but that's the word that comes to mind. And that, that is really pretty bizarre that even with the rise of like, I mean, pretty much everyone, it seems like, you know, knows the importance of diet and nutrition. That sounds so bizarre that they're actually minimizing the amount of courses or classes that the doctors have to take with that. And what you were talking about too, with, with functional medicine and, and integrating all of these different sort of disciplines is also very, very different from like, it seems like the Western medicine approach where it's like, you have all of these different divided specialists, someone, you know, neurologist who addresses the brain, uh, you know, uh, endocrinologist who addresses the hormonal system, but, but mm. it's like all of these things are integrated yet, mm. you know, there's all these different doctors who don't seem to really work together too much. It's mind blowing, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Look at it this way, just to make it more specialized, there are more than five doctors just for the eye. You know, optometrist, ophthalmologist, right? I mean, it's crazy. That's how specialized, not crazy. It's wonderful, actually, from a science point of view. But you're right. If only these specialists talk to each other and looked at the person as a whole, I mean, you need a neurological, ophthalmologist, whatever. And, but unless they look in your eye and say, oh, you obviously have a vitamin A deficiency or something, oh, what use is it in the long run? Why isn't that ophthalmologist talking to the nutritionist who's well-trained? You know, not that, I don't wanna go down this, uh, you know, there's another rabbit hole that talks about why agencies like the American blah, 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 and the this blah, 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 you know, they, they sponsor diets that really aren't very healthy for people that are afflicted with those conditions. Hmm, there's an agenda, maybe, I don't know. You know, the average person on the street knows more about nutrition than their doctor, and yet, U.S. is the highest level of obesity in the, in the world. People choose all their fast foods. However, um, instant gratification lifestyles, and it has a consequence that we can adapt to and accommodate for a while, but all of us are limited in our capacity. You know, supersize me, right? You can have McDonald's every meal for a month and you could die. It's been documented. And yet people still choose to do that. And I, I don't know if, if um, our healthcare system is, is capitalizing on those choices and even promoting those choices. Maybe, I don't know. But um, what can we say? You know, really, it comes down to the people and what they, they know and, and will choose for. People like they know how helpful yoga can be, but who goes to, to even two 90 minute classes a week? Who even takes 10 minutes to meditate every day? That's easy. And nobody, really does it. Um, I think part of the problem is, and this is in line with our mission here at the, with our team, is that um, people, A, they need the information about their choice and how to advocate for themselves. And number two, they need the experience. They can't just know it. They have to experience actually what's happening when you do ABC. Um, this is where we put a lot of our emphasis. Every session, whether you see again, this specialist or that, involves some amount of coaching. People have to know 
when you leave after seeing the massage therapist or your ophthalmologist or any specialist for that matter, what do you do? What do you do after that's gonna help you maintain and even thrive in that direction? You have to know and you can experience yourself and then you gain more insight from feedback than you will from anything a doctor or specialist, therapist or coach will say. Your own system will teach you what you need when it's aligned with your mind and body and the embodied soul that we really are. Uh, mm. Food for thought. And speaking of food on the, on the subject of nutrition, yeah. being a doctor who, who actually has studied a lot of nutrition, what, what's your approach when it comes to advising people, you know, what to eat? Because it seems like there's, you know, even for people who are very health conscious and, you know, it's, it's a very divided space of, you know, some people who are paleo or carnivore mm -hmm. or vegan, and there's a lot of uh, heated debate on the subject. So what's your approach when it comes to nutrition? My, my general advice is to follow a plant-based diet. Um, this is what research shows to be the healthiest. And in my experience, again, it's not just knowing, you have to try it. I also, and my clients feel cleaner, have more energy and are healthier. And diet plays a big part in that. Um, they're not all plant-based, um, but it plant primary, I guess, if we could say that. Um, people have their, there are connections to comfort foods and even animal proteins for various reasons that aren't necessarily nutritious. But, but in general, I recommend a very few, um, couple of few guidelines, not even a diet, as to how we might approach food. And I don't know how much time we have to get into this so I can keep it very specific, Toby. Maybe you'll give me a ballpark. We can, we can dive into it. For this brief, so, so, I believe and I've seen that the more available your system is, the more nutrients you can onboard and use. Nutrients also come from pressure, like stressful situations. We get nutrients emotionally and mentally also, but physical nutrients. They don't fit in your body if your cells are full of toxins. So detoxing and cleansing has to be a, a part of your everyday regimen. Um, my recommendation is with intermittent fasting. You know, people are, are trying to, to go without eating or taking calories, let's say, for 16 hours. That's an optimal. But at 12 hours only, this process starts. The process involves your cells detoxing. You're getting clean on a cellular level. Before the 12-hour mark, your cells are still holding on to all of the toxins they've created from metabolism, cellular metabolism. And they have to release those toxins. And they can't if there's no room in the bloodstream and lymph to fit those toxins. And over time, those cells become sick and they don't function properly and will die. Um, plus they reproduce um, less clean copies of themselves as you go. And maybe this is aging, we're finding with telomeres, that's a whole other conversation. But, but um, intermittent fasting at 12 hours, your cells clear. Then you drink water with lemon to wash those toxins out of your liver and your kidneys um, to help get those out because otherwise they're just gonna get redeposited into your body again. So we detox, flush it out, and then you continue with this cleansing all the way until you're ready for lunch and dinner and we, we eat. And we do that with fruit, recommended. Again, these are guidelines, it's not a rule, but um, we wanna eat fruit first because it's easy to digest 
It has vitamins, enzymes we need. It has simple sugar that gets burned as energy and not stored as fat. And number, number four, it's delicious and portable five. Um, so it, plus the water content, most importantly, is so high that it helps clean out your body even more. Um, and this should be your, your focus. Lunch, dinner, meals. So this is the other easy part. We'll call this phase two when you're ready to actually eat something. Um, whether it's plant-based or however, it's important to know that your body uses different enzymes to break down different kinds of foods. The enzymes for starches and carbs require an alkaline environment in your stomach to do what they do. But for proteins, the environment has to be acidic, totally different pH. So if you have starch and proteins like a steak and potato, for example, the enzymes can't do both. So they're gonna digest the protein, it's more complex, and the starch just sits there fermenting in the acid of the stomach, producing alcohol, phlegm, and other toxins in your body, and you're losing the nutritional value as well. So try to eat your protein with vegetables or your starch with vegetables, great combinations. Veggies go with everything, you know, but keep your starch and protein separate and you'll digest and get the most nutrients out of your food and minimize toxins. And lastly, don't eat late because your body is not ready to digest when it's supposed to be resting and assimilating nutrients. And in a nutshell, that's how we guide people. Um, they feel healthier, like I said, have energy and minimize chronic illness. You can lose weight doing this, which may be a focus um, oftentimes, and usually no matter what you come through the door with, some stress management, counseling, co coaching is offered regardless, but that's in nutrition. Um, like I said, in a nutshell, what we, what we suggest, we can fine tune by saying, obviously avoid fried food, greasy food, fast food, poorly prepared food, canned food, right? Maybe a filtered for your water system is important. Um, there's a lot that we could do to help maximize our level of health by minimizing toxins, right? But with food, this is what it is. Some people need specific kinds of food to maximize some nutrients, like some vitamins over others or minerals over others. Some people take herbs, digestive enzymes, probiotics, you know, things of that nature to help their system along if it needs that kind of thing um, for a little while. How, how's that? Yeah. What, how, how would you say like what percentage of people's like health and wellness like comes down to the nutrition? Like, cause it sounds like you've seen, you know, just radical transformations just with people altering their diet in the ways that you've suggested, like how, how much of our overall well being really is, you know, connected mm. to our, what we eat. Great question. Well, they say you are what you eat and in a, in a way it's true, um, your food choices can determine whether overall you're gonna have so much inflammation in your body. And virtually all chronic illnesses, cancer, many others, they're inflammatory conditions. So it begins with your digestion. It may begin in fact with elimination because the buildup of toxins in part is where this comes from, but, but digestion is huge. The other thing is that for your body, the other thing is the mental component. Until you get your, your sense of, of self character aligned properly to your situations and you're balanced and centered as you go through your life, especially when under pressure makes more of the difference. 
your body is just the vehicle that helps you get there, but your mindset and certain things that you do um, to align your, your lifestyle, your mission with your choices make more of an impact. The food kind of falls in line behind that because once the mind is right, let's say your intuition is not far behind and you'll just know what to eat, what feels right, how much feedback and what to do with it once it comes into your system. All of that will come into play. And it gets easier and easier as you go, though it may be challenging at first. So we always recommend simple, convenient, and ordinary. Don't reinvent the wheel on day one. You know, baby steps, but you have to be moving in a certain trajectory. You know, I often tell the clients I work with, if you feel like you only have 10% to give, give 100% of your 10%. Do it all to your capacity. And then you flex or expand your availability little by little from there. But do what you can today. Every moment that you spend focusing on this to some degree is worthwhile. Don't be discouraged if you feel like you've got 50 years of poor choices behind you. Because one day is enough to make an impact and worthwhile because you're worth it. Now, Dr. Newman, when it comes to, to Chinese medicine, so you got a master's of science in, in Oriental medicine. Tell me about just that experience, what that was like, and, and what were the biggest takeaways that, that you've now kind of implemented in your practice uh, with Chinese medicine? Great, great question. So um, my specialty is in, in Oriental medicine, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, but the medical program was integrative medicine. So we had the same rotations and courses as any other physician. Our program was 3,000 hours. Um, there was 1,000 hours of just clinicals as a part of that work and the national exams, boards, and so on, just like any doctor. Um, but the, the, the couple main things I took away from that was, in fact, yes, we can integrate what we do. I was experiencing it at least on the level of education, so I knew it was possible. And number two, I began to understand in what ways we could treat a person holistically and, and make a big impact using natural medicine as a, a first choice rather than as a sometimes distant alternative. How powerful it is as a primary healthcare system, not just something for in acupuncture's case is good for pain relief, but it's useful as a complete medical system Anything from flu to heart disease to cancer, fertility problems, you name it. Anything you would see any other doctor of whatever specialty, you can use acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Uh, it, it, it integrates well, and that's usually what I recommend is something collaborative. You don't have to leave your current doctors or therapists or, or coaches. You can coordinate what's happening here with what you're experiencing in other healthcare environments. And it doesn't have to be either or, it's an alternative, true, but it's also complementary. And that's, that's what I advocate for. Um, uh, and it was impacted over my experiences there and since in 25 years, I've seen people and they, they one case, she, she treated herself with, for nutrition and really cleared breast cancer, okay? She was only coming to me for lab work. That's how powerful nutrition is, going back to what you said. She resolved it herself, a patient herself. Anyway, and I'm, I'm amazed. It, it, acupuncture it resolves fibroids. People start with 
panic attacks. And within a couple of weeks, I mean, panic attacks, like several times a day, panic attacks. And within a couple of weeks, they're relatively fine and not just fine, but they're thinking about thriving again. How cool is that? Um, people get, get pregnant and they've been having trouble doing so. I'm always amazed at how helpful acupuncture can be even after all this time and for pain, yes, but for so many other, other things. And then you recommend nutrition and herbals and meditation, other, other components that somebody puts into practice in their lifestyle. And then the most rewarding thing is when the clients come back and tell you with their feedback, what's happening? What's their experience? How is it working for them? And, uh, and I'm, I'm learning things from my, my clients who are applying these methods in ways that are unique to them, not unique to my own mission in life and so on and so forth. So um, it's, it's great. And the, the, the platform that was created using a holistic approach, Chinese medicine was just a vehicle, set the stage for all of that. Things that are possible that just are sadly not possible in Western medicine or conventional medicine because of various reasons, philosophy and approach being just one of them. Yeah, when it comes to acupuncture, it seems like you know a lot of people know about how effective it can be for pain, but some of those other indications that you mentioned, people might not be as aware of those, but you know, uh, you know, very effective nonetheless. Tell me, kind of what what are the some of the physiological mechanisms that we know of in terms of how acupuncture is mm -hmm. working? Sure, great question. Um, there, there are a number of, of, of changes biomechanically that take place during an acupuncture session. Sessions that have, just in terms of benefits quickly, have been noted by the World Health Organization and the National Institutes of Health, among others, for over a hundred different medical con conditions. So it's recognized by the mainstream um, in many ways. Just as a side note, um, once, so acupuncture, um, it's been in use for over 5,000 years, which in and of itself is amazing. We still use it because it works. Um, it's older than the pyramids, maybe. How crazy is that? Um, but so we clean off the areas we're going to work in with alcohol. It is a, in our hands. It's a sterile medical practice. We introduce these little, little points. The, the needles are microscopic and so thin you can tie them in knots. And yet they produce dramatic changes inside the body, even being hair thin. First, there's a movement of circulation around the, around the point. So people may feel a little tingling or numbness, which is normal as circulation begins to move. And that sensation may travel through the body, maybe a little weird, but it's perfectly normal. And, and, or pressure or heaviness might build up in the areas because your muscle tone is changing. Their body's opening up a little bit to clear tension, among other things. And then the body and all of its myriad of ways it's connected with itself can then communicate better with itself. Your organs and glands can talk to each other. Your mind and body can in a way that's not impeded by the resistance of tension. And you people feel more and more open, calmer typically. Your brain will release endorphins as a very helpful side effect, I'd say, during acupuncture. Um, your body also produces an elevated white blood cell count for a little while because of the, they call micro trauma of the body. It increases your white blood cells. So it boosts your immune system as a natural side effect of acupuncture, two great side effects. Um, this is what's happening. So it's helping the body connect better and communicate better with itself. 
your system can regulate itself. It knows how to do that. It's intelligently designed. Once we can take out the factors that are sabotaging what's happening inside your body, it, it heals itself for the most part. Um, and the mind and body being on board together help a lot because then you put your intention and attention behind what's happening. You don't have to believe in it. I work with many skeptics. Um, you, you'll start to notice sometimes in, immediately in that first session, although it's a percentage game, people will feel incrementally, cumulatively better as they keep going. But um, you may feel even the movements of energy, not to get too woo-woo, but many people feel like they're floating, their body just disappears, or that they become very heavy and like sinking into the ground because they're so centered and rooted. Um, some people fall asleep, you know? Um, and you capitalize, ooh, that's not the right word, but you, you optimize, make the most of the experience by bringing in what a hypnotherapist could tell you, a mental health counselor, nutritionist, massage therapist, stretching expert, all of this. And while you're having acupuncture, your whole system is opening up on different levels because you have information that you have availability now to onboard and use. And, and th this is it in a nutshell. Then last but not least, after a little bit of time to rest on the table and experience something, the needles come out, they're disposable, only used one time, and, um, and you're, you're back, back to it. Um, but you, you carry with you a state of being that's different than it was before you came in, even if it's just a little bit. And hopefully with that state of being, you can maintain, that's the trick. And how about acupuncture's direct effect on the nervous system? Like one of the things I saw was you're part of the Acupuncturists Without Borders Association, like specifically mm. working to treat PTSD um, and trauma with acupuncture. So what can you tell yes. me about how acupuncture is working for those sort of conditions? Yes, yes, it's, it's so true and so powerful, so impactful um, socially too. Um, even for people who are trying to recover from drug addiction, some of these same points are very helpful. But I, I've, I've been trained by a group called Acupuncturists Without Borders, as you, as you, as you mentioned. They're just like Doctors Without Borders. They travel around the world. Um, I haven't yet gone on mission, let's say, but it's, this is the training. Um, you, you may travel around the world and you assist people when there's been a disaster or a catastrophe, like an earthquake or uh, refu refugees. Um, after 9-11, they were there, um, Haiti. They, so they go to places like this and they, they offer only a few points on the ear and some meditation and coaching in that manner to help the people who have experienced disasters recover more quickly, gently from post-traumatic stress, and also to provide for the caregivers who are receiving secondary stress or compassion fatigue by working with these as a first responder. So it helps take that kind of pressure away too. Incredibly powerful. Um, again, panic attacks and so on, similar. Drug addiction, it helps take all of that, that stress and pressure out and away from the nervous system, sympathetic, which is the fight, flight, freeze, um, primarily, and helps activate the parasympathetic or relaxation response of the body. Not to mention that there are, as I mentioned, neurotransmitters released like endorphins and, and others. Um, and th this is incredibly powerful um, because within 20, 30 minutes, a person is completely within reason decompressed. Of course, they do have to go home again 
And what that looks like maybe means they come back again tomorrow or next week or next month or whatever. Hopefully the level of pressure, um, you know, is dissipates, but, but yes, hugely powerful for your nervous system. They've done a number of studies with these ear points and there's over a hundred just on your ear using functional MRI to study the changes in your brain activity with these different combinations of acupuncture points. Very high tech. Again, this is the modern science research that's being used behind how acupuncture affects your body. Not to mention, just as a trivia, they've measured with, I think, an electron microscope. They've imaged what are the actual meridians of the body. So there's a physical component to this energy medicine, much like you'd say with um, quantum physics, the particles in the atom they're not really solid, they're vibrating. Everything is energy, everything is vibration. It only seems solid, but in fact, everything is vibrating. And acupuncture is similar. That energy can be, has physicality, if you will. And they're sort of seeing it besides the effect. Again, small side note, just trivial, but how cool, right? So that's, interesting. That's super fascinating what you mentioned about the, the ear acupuncture having noticeable changes like in MRI studies. Do you mm -hmm. remember like specifically what they were seeing with, with brain changes from your acupuncture? I wish I could cite off the top of my head, but they've been funded by the National Institutes of Health. One of the institutes is devoted to alternative and complementary medicine, or I should say complementary and alternative medicine. That's how they abbreviate it. N-I-C-A-M. Thousands of studies, um, not all functional MRI, but in general. Um, however, if, you're, if your listeners or viewership want to check out Battlefield Acupuncture, Battlefield Acupuncture was developed by a medical doctor, Air Force, he was an Air Force colonel, physician who worked with soldiers on the battlefield um, for rapid pain relief using ear points, um, like we talked about stress a moment ago, where you don't have to take off your helmet, you can put them on the ear. They're that accessible and you don't have to take opiates for pain because that compromises your that that compromises your mission when you take opiates so ear points and this doctor has connections with the functional mri studies so you could google or whatever battlefield acupuncture and it's a colonel i forget his name off the top of my head I, i'm sorry but he deserves all the credit in the world because he's gotten decades of work behind all of this um, and nervous system. It, it relieves pain quickly. It, it helps the military. They, they do what they call military stress fatigue clinics in VA hospitals for the same soldiers that are coming back with post-traumatic stress or for other reasons. Acupuncturists without borders and, and groups like that have created the framework where all this is possible. So, yes. so functional MRI, maybe look at battlefield acupuncture connection National Institutes of Health, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's there. That's some super amazing research. Mm -hmm. So in terms of when you wanted to start the Banyan Holistic, tell me about kind of the process of just, you know, or, uh, kind of organizing and orchestrating all of these different disciplines and different providers. Like how did you go about sort of, you know, just developing the center and, and building your team? Great question. Um, it, it has probably a part of an answer that's a little uh, maybe concrete and one part that's kind of vague. Um, let's start with the concrete part. <laughs> um, there is obviously a, a bare bones approach to setting up a business that 
I had help and many others do. Um, there's a great book out there for those who are involved with small business called The E-Myth. It's the myth of being an entrepreneur in the US. And the reason why 85% of businesses fail in the first year and like 50% of the rest within five years after that, um, we divide our work into three parts when setting up a business. Number one, you have to have the vision of what we're gonna do. And the vision was all about integrative medicine. And the banyan is a symbol for what's possible there because the banyan tree under that huge canopy, a community can meet and a lot of activities take place there. So we have community service and medical service. We've done outreach to the county. The whole entire county does a training for all the counselors of the public schools. We've been a keynote presenter at that conference every year for before COVID the past uh, five years leading up to that moment. Um, there's a vision. The next piece is the management. You have to have it arranged properly. And I'm not an accountant. I'm not a web designer, you know, so on and so forth. So we have to have some of that involved. And then there's the, and of course, the management and supervising of people, both your staff, et cetera. We do this with a holistic and integrative culture. So having a culture in the place helps a lot. When you walk in, whether you're staff or a client, it's an, it's an oasis for you. It's a place where you too can develop here, not just the clients, the staff. Um, then there's the technical part, doing acupuncture, doing massage therapy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Part of the work is now moving to the vague. You have to work on your business, not in your business. The quicker that you can build this team, and I started by just getting resumes, referrals from friends, you know, who do you know who's a great massage therapist or two? Who do you know who's a, and I, I happen to, maybe this is destiny, work in situations where there were hypnotherapists and I did know a couple of massage therapists, et cetera. Um, you build this team, but it's all based on the process of making yourself available and encouraging other people to do so in a collaborative framework that involves your lifestyle as well as these other components. It's by adhering as much as I can to the process itself of personal and spiritual and professional development, healing also, that has guided the development of this center and has helped keep a, a staff and, and other providers moving in a similar direction because we're aligned in purpose. And, um, Funny enough, I was just having this conversation with one of the co-owners in our business just, just today. Um, there are going to be like with any business, personal differences that come up. Some people are more ready to grow than others and some want to grow in a completely different direction. And that's natural. We have to let that be and stay focused on what is mission oriented and everything else will sort out itself. Not to take it personal, remain focused on maintaining the culture. And anything that feels or seems personal has a nutrient inside it for you to grow with. You may feel pressure and discomfort, but your benefit can be found inside of all of that. Um, you know, don't hold a grudge or be resentful. You know, challenges or competition is natural from a certain point of view when we're living different characters we play in our lives and our ego may be involved. But if we come back to our, the embodied soul that we really are, we're more aligned in, in being in those 
misunderstandings start to go away. Anyway, that's a small side note, but that's sort of when I went into the Banyan was, this is what's possible. This is the direction. Here's the framework that puts it all together and maintains it. And there's been ups and downs over the years. We've been in business for 14 years here, although I've been in practice, as you mentioned, for, for 25. And we're still here, even through the, the pandemic. We never closed during the quarantine. We were medical, so we were allowed to stay open. But more importantly, we felt it was mandatory to stay open because there are people who are suffering that need help. And we maintained guidelines as best as we could, but, but we're here for people because we have to be. Because people don't know as much as they could the power that comes from their own ability to apply self-care and self-love to themselves on a day-to-day -day and they need reminders, sometimes guidance. Was the, the center, like when you first had the idea, was this something that you sort of saw kind of this whole vision and, and you saw it sort of becoming what it became, has become today? Or was it sort of, you know, a piece here, a piece there, and then a slow kind of buildup of different providers and Ooh. modalities or like, did you, did you sort of know all along that you wanted to, to get it to where it is today or? I did because my reason for getting involved with medicine is, is natural and collaborative and primarily. Um, of course, I didn't start out this way because it wasn't happening back then. It had to be created for the most part. Um, at one time we were interviewing doctors to help create a platform that has conventional and holistic under the same roof. And we're still working in that direction. So um, I can't say more about that because there are trade secrets involved or whatever. Um, but one person flew down from New York to see us in Miami. He had a couple other interviews, to be fair. He wasn't seeing this in New York. Somebody wasn't seeing it in Orlando. It just wasn't happening. Um, I worked with teams of neurologists and chiropractors. I worked in a hypnotherapy center with six hypnotherapists and me. Um, I worked in medical spas. I worked at the hospital in rotations, collaborating here and there with other physicians. It was really fantastic. But like with anything, it didn't really gel until there was a catalyst, something that pushed the momentum, escape velocity that was needed to get us to that next level, even though we'd been seeing it and moving in that direction for a long time. And Though he may or may not ever see this because he's, he's since moved to Venezuela. I'm not sure why anybody would do that, but I guess it was a little more stable when he went there, to be fair. Um, it was him, Dr. Daniel Medvedov, one of my friends and mentors. He, uh, he was a PhD who studied acupuncture in China in the 70s, and, um, but was also a, a, a PhD um, doctor. He lived and worked in France, Spain, Venezuela at one time, China, Japan. Um, here in the U.S. on many occasions. And um, he was uh, eccentric on one level. He's that kind of guy who knows seven languages, you know, one of them being uh, Quechua or Mayan or something. Like, who speaks Quechua? Anyway, besides, of course, the, um, the, the indigenous people. But um, anyway, he had also had a career as a performer and a Tai Chi expert and symbolism and, the, you know, the, the DNA. He's the guy who knew something about everything, but could take it to the next level. Um, he said, uh, in life, there are many things that you're gonna wanna do. Maybe you wanna write a book, maybe star in an independent movie, um, open a business or whatever it is. To be truly fulfilled, you have to do it all. You have to figure it out. 
You can't live your life and regret that the one thing you didn't do. You didn't even try to write the book. You know, you have to do it all. You have to figure it out. And um, then in conversations like this, it took shape very quickly because he had a similar background, although more genius on many levels than I would ever claim to be. But it was catalyzed and was inspiring in this way. And the banyan took shape from very quickly from those conversations, kind of incubated in an alchemical sense. Alchemy may be a whole other conversation for another time. But um, anyway, then it happened very quickly because the spark was there. And uh, we leaped and we were at the next level. And then like anything, we have to keep you know, forging ahead and refining and getting rid of what doesn't work and going forward with what does and leveling up as we go as best as we can. Yeah, I love that. Well, Dr. Newman, we're coming up onto the end of the show. The last mm -hmm. question I wanted to ask you is, you know, when it comes towards, you know, looking towards the future of, you know, healthcare and specifically, you know, sort of functional medicine or holistic wellness, what are some of the most exciting, say, emerging, emerging therapies or treatments that, uh, that pique your interest? Excellent question. So um, there are many areas I'm excited in, but one of them is anti-aging, regenerative medicine, life extension, longevity medicine, anti-aging uh, medicine, and the possibilities of working with both um, acupuncture and meditation coaching, let's say, as well as biohacking that includes IV therapy of various nutrients like NAD, glutathione. Um, there are several others that can um, optimize your performance both mentally and physically and slow down and maybe even reverse cellular aging, decay and ill health, um, increase our levels of emotional, mental, social, and physical capacity and be performing at a whole other level, whether you're an athlete or a chef or a brain surgeon or a school teacher. This is something that can elevate your levels of performance and function across the board. But it, it's, it starts with these ideas that, that, that are forming a, a different backbone that underlies anti-aging medicine and regenerative healthcare and that, that kind of thing. And I'd love to see the future of medicine include more of that, because if you live longer, we should live healthier and have well, wellness and well-being. I'm sure you'd agree. But also as a society, we should be more comfortable around each other. Imagine if we were living to be to 250, 300, 400, 500 years. How would you treat each other? than if you only may see each other for a couple of few years in comparison. We'd think about our relationships and act very differently probably toward the planet and each other. And so that's the social part of why I'm interested in this thing is it has a philosophy, psychology, physiology, um, other components to it that, that are so exciting to, for humankind across the board of what's possible in the next level for all of us. Um, but anti-aging is one big part of that. So that's the short answer. Yeah. Well, Dr. Newman, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. If, Likewise. If people want to find out more about your work or about the Banyan Center, where would you uh, direct them to? Thanks. Thanks, Toby. I, uh, I'm currently in Miami, Florida. Um, they could find us through our website at thebanyanholistic.com, Banyan like the tree, holistic.com. And, and reach out to us um, through there. We connect with people via Zoom for brief consults and discoveries, 
calls all the time. So you don't have to live in Miami to connect. We can do all kinds of work nutrition wise and other types of coaching remotely. So reach out to us. You could email us through our website or even call or text us directly 305-663-5696. And we're happy to help. And maybe IVs are for you and hypnotherapy is for you or whatever. You don't have to know if you're feeling stuck on some level and not living your life to its fullest. We'd love to make some suggestions and there's no obligation to do anything after that. These are just conversations, but, um, but that's how you can find us. Reach out anytime. Great. And for those listeners who enjoyed the show today, go ahead and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel where Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro. You can also find audio versions of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other major streaming platforms. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating. That would uh, really help us out. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for the podcast or any guests that you want to see on, go ahead and shoot me a DM at Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro on Instagram. Dr. Newman, I wanted to really thank you for coming on the show today and sharing all of your knowledge and expertise. Thank you so much, Toby, for this time and for for, um, this great conversation. Welcome to Toby's Takeaways, the segment where I break down some of the most important points from the interview that I just recorded with Dr. Newman. First takeaway is that integrative medicine and collaborative healthcare, which incorporates IV vitamins, biohacking, acupuncture, nutritional therapy, and other modalities is just now starting to come to the surface, despite it being a long 25-year journey that Dr. Newman has witnessed the entirety of. Second takeaway is that conventional Western medicine doctors are actually offered less training in nutrition now than ever before. Despite the growing scientific literature stressing the high importance of diet and human health, Dr. Newman actually stated that the average person on the street knows more information about nutrition than their doctor, despite the rising obesity epidemic in this country. And the last takeaway is to eat your starches with vegetables or protein with vegetables, and to try to avoid combining protein with starch, as this produces toxins in the gut. Your body utilizes a variety of different enzymes to break down different foods, and your body needs an alkaline environment to break down carbs and starches, whereas protein requires acidity. Ingesting both these types of food at the same time prevents your body from being able to process them how it needs to.